You can sigh all you want, but you're still pretty. only podcast that's been cheating on cheating on you i'm one of your hosts steven steffes and i'm joined by my pal andrew that totally thought that was a really good intro (laughs) you know not gonna lie came up with that right on the spot pretty proud of it that's really impressive you should you should be on snl thank you hey andy how the hell are you fantastic I feel like, do I say that too? Every time you're always like, I'm fine. I feel like I always just say fantastic. Yeah, we we both lie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. How are you doing? Never been better. Totally love life and living. (laughs) Not reconsidering any past decisions. Oh, no, no. You get one life and you do it right the first go around. (laughs) First choice. The best choice. How about you? How are you? I'm doing pretty bad. I love it. This is the rare bout of honesty you get. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying something new. There's someone um, that I work with that anytime you like greet him with, hey, how you doing? How are you? He, he always answers 100% of the time with, I am awesome. Um, and it drove me crazy for the longest time until he explained that like the reason he does that is he's like, when someone asks you how they're doing like as a greeting, like they don't care. And, like, everyone just says, I'm good or I'm fine, and they're all lying. So he's like, so I just, like, do this, kind of throw people off. <laughs> and I kind of respect that. I worked with one person that did not lie, and that was always nice. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never, I think I asked them how they were doing, like, once or twice, but it was more of, <laughs> yeah, you, I was. you learned your lesson. I learned my lesson. I was just around people. It's like, how are you doing? Well, um. Uh, boyfriend left me and i feel kind of fucking shitty i was like oh, i'm not touching that yeah i got these reports to get out uh yes yeah, s- s- sorry i guess <laughs> see ya see you at the water fountain yeah can't we just stick to weather and sports maybe neither of those let's mm. just not talk yeah okay well uh good episode andy i'll talk to you in two weeks <laughs> kidding, and this is where kidding. you edit in like 40 minutes of silence yeah um well Andy, we are not here on this balmy midwestern night to talk about how we're doing or social niceties or oversharing care care workers, coworkers. We are here to talk about music. Like what? <laughs> like an album specifically? Oh, yeah, yeah, like an album. Uh in in this case, tonight, uh we're talking about Father of the Bride by the band Vampire Weekend. We are. I, I've, <laughs> I have nothing to add but the truth. Uh, Andy, so, so I know you, I, I believe you had not listened to this record before it was assigned as homework. Uh, were you familiar with the band at all coming into this and, and their previous work? I think familiar as anyone that is a millennial. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I, you know, I've definitely heard probably most of their songs, but I, you know, I know Oxford comma, a punk, uh, cousins. I know like the songs, whatever album, like 
those are from and then contra i know cousins off contra and uh giving up the gun is that one of them that that is a song by them yeah i know a smattering of songs enough to say that i understand i think the vibe of their music or their general yeah general vibe nice um yeah i think this is probably if i had to guess i'd have to look at the list this is probably like the the highest profile artist we've covered on the show maybe tyler the creator would rival them i don't know i think so i mean tyler just played Lollapalooza. he's kind of a big (laughs) dude uh yeah so well we've got like a ton of songs to get through today so i will just give a quick overview of the band for the uninformed Um, the man that gives the biggest fucking stink when i give an album that (laughs) might be on the cusp of too long I mean, gives to, me this 18 track album yes several are only like a yeah. minute and a half but yeah it comes in just under an hour which i think is acceptable i've been kind to you with previous homework assignments been kind to me well tell I tell, me, tell, <laughs> t- tell, tell me about this band tell me about this album all right all it. right so vampire weekend formed in 2006 by some columbia university fancy pants students called Ezra Koenig, who sings and plays guitar, uh, Rastam Batmanjelij, which I apologize, that was probably horrendously wrong. Um, Rastam is no longer with the band, but was a multi-instrumentalist producer, etc., um, who actually did work on this record, even though he had left the band. Uh, Chris Thompson on drums, and other Chris, Chris Bio on bass. Uh, shortly after forming, they released uh, their self-titled album in 2008, which is currently on at, uh, number 430 on Rolling Stone's uh, top albums of all time, their top 500. Wow. Yeah, they followed that up in 2010 with Contra, which um, either debuted or reached number one on the Billboard Top 200, uh, making them the first independent artists to reach number one on the charts without ever having been signed to a major label uh their next record modern vampires of the city came out in 2013 won the grammy for best alternative album that year also debuted number one on the billboard chart making them the first indie rock band to debut number one with two consecutive releases pretty cool Um, and then finally their most recent release that we're talking about tonight came out in 2019 called father of the bride also won the Grammy for Best Alternative Album and was nominated for Album of the Year. I didn't know they were as acclaimed as they were. I just found that out now. I'm not sure if I was really aware of that previously at all. You know, I just like, they're good enough to have their music in, like, I love you, man. That's all I knew. (laughs) Uh, I think I'd (laughs) forgotten about that. Uh, So anyway, this band, I mean, listeners, you've done your homework. You listen to this record which is sort of different than their previous work, but they, they play indie rock, indie pop, world beat. These are, <laughs> these are the genres that Wikipedia tells me they play. Um, so I guess a little background on Father of the Bride. I appreciated this factoid. The like working code name was Mitsubishi Macchiato, 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 Mitsubishi Macchiato, which I think is fun. It sounds like you think it's fun. <laughs> This is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. It brought me joy. I'm so sick of you. Um, So the record came out 
on May 3rd, 2019 on Columbia Records. This was their first major label release, so they sold out. Boo. Uh, The record features a lot of collaborations, including very prominently Danielle Hyam of the band Hyam, Steve Lacey, Rostam, uh, last name redacted, former band member, member came back to work with them on this release. Um, I counted 16 credited musicians um, in the liner notes. That's kind of cool. A lot of, lot of cooks in that kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I hated the shit-eating grin that accompanied that line. <laughs> Too many? Time will tell. Um, so this album features, according to our pal Ezra Koenig, a springtime vibe. Um, and, <laughs> and it also, I think, broke some ground for the group. There's there's more diverse influences musically. You've got some some country and folk and jam band influences going on, but also like R&B and soul. And I think they kind of maintain their, their sort of world beat um, feel. They've always kind of had... Um, especially, I think, like in the the rhythm section, you know, they've always incorporated a lot of global influences, and I think that continues here. Uh, so, Andy, what did you think of this record overall? Too many tracks. Um, yeah, that, that's a valid valid <laughs> critique. Uh, that was just more of uh, I don't care. That that did not hinder. I thought it was cool. Um, uh, Vampire Weekend for me was one like who doesn't love those songs that I mentioned that I knew. Yeah. But I have honestly never like heard an album, right? And for me, I like their sound, but they've never been a sound that I'm like, I want to sit and listen to an album at a time of this. So, yeah. Um and it was really weird. <laughs> I was telling Alana I was listening to it and I'm like some of the things like I can definitely hear you know the songs that are very obviously like folksy and country influenced and I'm like, okay. But then it was also, I was listening, like, this kind of strikes me like if they were trying to sound like Jimmy Buffett. And I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) is Vampire Weekend the Jimmy Buffett of our generation? And I think they are. And I say that reluctantly because I don't, like, fuck Margaritaville. I don't love that. But but it's true. It's it's that sound, man. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't see anyone drawing comparisons to Jimmy Buffett. I am not well-versed enough on Buffett to, to, to give an opinion here. Um, I did see a oh. lot of comparisons to like other jam bands like Fish and the Grateful Dead and stuff. And I would say that's just Jimmy Buffett on more drugs and less margaritas. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, man, some of the live performance videos uh, that came out like with, with the tr- them playing the songs on this record are like 10, 15-minute jam sessions, which... In some cases, I'm really into um, some of their... They've got this um, guitarist that tours with them. I'm blanking on his name. I apologize. But he just shreds. It's incredible. Uh, there's, there's some cool stuff out there. Yeah, man. But overall, I think it was a good album. I dug it. Uh, I also am just... This has nothing to do with this album, per se. But I think I'm just... I think I'm just not Caucasian enough that I was like, jam bands don't throw me in the slightest. <laughs> Like I don't care at uh, at all. I was like, "You guys are killing, you guys are killing," but I'm just not about it. <laughs> just not Caucasian enough. 
right? It's just like at that 50% mark, they're like, oof. Yeah. We forbid you from fish and OAR. I actually, I'm glad that came up because I think in a previous episode, we joked about, I don't know, for some reason this band came up and, oh no, it was my connection to how I'd heard of Steve Lacey. And we joked about how like, I I knew about Steve Lacey, like by the whitest way possible. (laughs) (laughs) And boy, was it. Yeah, but so it's interesting. I think early in this band's career, they had there was a bit of like crit- critique and um, criticism of them for being like these Ivy League preps. You know, they were that were playing sort of like seen as appropriating in some cases like African music and things like this. And I think one one critic called them the what like literally the whitest band imaginable. But <laughs> their their like kind of comeback to that was like okay, so. Ezra's Jewish, Rostam is Persian. Um, the other two band members are, you know, of European descent, but like I think they're Italian and Hungarian. It's like so we got no wasps, okay? Like <laughs> and <laughs> and like, yeah, we all went to an, a good school, like on scholarship with student loans. Like it's not like we're like I don't know. I think they kinda took issue with the picture that was being painted of kind of their background. Anyway, what a diversion. Yeah, what are your thoughts besides that? Oh, my thoughts, like, on on what? Like, on... I guess this album, oh, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, I listened to it as soon as it came out back in 2019 um, and got really into it for a time there. And, you know, it's kind of stayed in the rotation. Um, things I, I guess I'll start with the things I dislike about it. It is a smidge long for me. And there are a couple songs that I could probably just do without, and I guess we'll get to that later. The things I like are the collaboration, especially with, uh, Danielle Hyam, the duets and the songs where she like shows up to do backing vocals. I think, I think it really works. And she brings like an element that was not there in the past. Uh, I I just like the overall vibe of this album and the musical variety um, that it contains. I was actually talking to a friend of the show, Kayla, about this. And, like, this is a rare case where I I think I was more into it for the music than the lyrics. Um, And in digging into the lyrics in the show prep, like, there is some good stuff in there. But um, kind of uncommon for me to be more into it just for, like, the vibe and the music. Um, but yeah, overall, surprise, surprise, I picked an album that I like. Fucking weird. Well, what if we just dissect this bad boy because we have 18 tracks? Oh man, let's do it. We're going to have to to keep ourselves on schedule. All right, so track number one is called Hold You Now. Morgan's playing loud, I can't carry you forever, but I can hold you now. Country slash folk sounding. Okay, eh. I did like the I did like the weird chorus. Which th- shout out again to Genius. Pay us. Uh, they he sam- they sampled a Hans Zimmer thing from like some Me- choir. Yeah, Melanesian. The the choir of all saints from Melanesia is what I what yeah. I got here. Yeah, that, I was like that was cool. I liked that sound a lot. Yeah, I really enjoyed that bit between the verses, um, and I, I do like over the second verse, like the that country like slide guitar. I think it is. I, I've I always liked that sound, but yeah, this 
this song is about as country as I can get, like in general. Um, I, I do like it, though. But it, yeah, a very interesting way to start out a Vampire Weekend record. I liked it because they said the title of the album in the lyrics. I refrained from bringing that up. Anyway, <laughs> moving things well, right dude, along. Oh, did you have a segue? Do it. Uh, nope, no segue. Number two is called Harmony Hall. The, the guitar up top, sick. Yeah, that uh, I've kind of had it in the back of my mind to see if I can learn that. I doubt it. it Do you want to learn technical. it? And then the next time we hang out, we can, because it's a, it's a little duo part, and then we can record it for our fans. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a really good idea. When you come down for Riot Fest, we're going to record it. Sounds good. Um, things I liked about this one. So overall, I think it's just like a nice, a nice vibe, nice, nice textures. Got your hand drums going on. Very nice sound. Um, lyrically, couple, couple things. So I don't want to live like this, but I don't want to die. That is a callback to a previous Vampire Weekend song, the song "Finger Back" from Modern Vampires of the City. Um, I also. And like I don't, I don't know like the deeper meaning of that. I just think that like references are cool. Uh, <laughs> nothing more in depth to say there. Um, I also liked the line uh, beneath these velvet gloves. I hide, I hide the shameful, crooked hands of a money lender because I still remember. Um, and I think like throughout this album, do oh, you like ahead. how this album is again? stereotypical me i was like the music i don't care about the lyrics but then looking at the lyrics for the prep i'm like this is apparently a very lyrically poignant album that i had just no idea until i was looking at these but like a lot of themes of his judaism and struggling with faith and just hating things (laughs) and politics yeah it is a very lyrically dense album and um like a lot of it is even after like you know reading over the lyrics and thinking about them a lot of it i'm still like not really sure what what the hell he's talking about but i can tell there's something there but yeah this example just obviously the first sort of explicit reference to like just dealing with um issues of yeah his his jewish um heritage and working through that so you didn't you didn't like the line singers harmonized um i don't get it like genius was saying it's like talking about how it's a reference to you know do artists need to be like aware and woke when they're making art so everything makes a statement and that is what genius says i neither agree nor disagree Mm. with it i just thought for i just took it at face value and i was like yeah singers are fucking stupid aren't they (laughs) always be harmonizing those singers You know, what, Dude, you know what I would say to a singer if she came walking up to me? Stop. I would say, ciao, ciao, Don't. bambina. I wrote very much a Vampire Weekend song. Poppy, nice. I did like it. When the groove pickups, uh, picks up, it 100% reminded me of Jesus is a Friend of Mine. Do you remember that song? vaguely I... jesus is a friend of mine jesus is my friend and it has that bass line that's do 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 and now i want you to listen to that and then listen to this song and you'll be like damn oh man i have not thought of that song in so many years 
but yeah, something you just said that like this sounds like a vampire weekend song. Like, yeah, this this is maybe the most vampire weekend song on the record, like of what I would have thought of them prior to this album. Um, I really like there's parts of the song where he where the vocalist Ezra uh, Koenig just goes into like his high falsetto. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really like the way that sounds. Um, and once again, the, oh, oh, sorry, I should say this is the first gold star for me of the record. Um, I like the line, no signs of injustice, no signs, but the flames that are filling up the room. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just imagine the, uh, the, this is fine dog. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, it's great in an audio medium to describe visual memes, memes and yes, stuff yeah. yeah dude this is uh, this is fine dog this life song i also wrote for this one it's like a solid vampire weekend song not like super vampire weekend but this is the one song that first made me think like jimmy buffett vibes but just like not necessarily in music or in style just in the vibe that it made me feel for some reason mm-hmm. uh i did like the use of brushes in the groove yes that was nice and i like how it was just very happy music with again when you actually read the lyrics you're just like okay <laughs> not as not as happy but <laughs> yeah um i think this is the first time that Danielle Hyam shows up, um, just doing like backup vocals and harmonizing and sounding great. I enjoy that. Um, and I just like what's going on lyrically here in the in the verses. It, it, it's just a series of, you know, for example, I know pain is as natural as the rain. Like, yeah, I, I knew about like the bad thing that could happen, but I just thought like it wouldn't happen to us or like it, <laughs> you know, I yeah. thought we had prepared for it. You know, I, I thought that was a clever thing. I agree. Man, um, we are just rapid firing through this. Yeah, yeah because, I, <laughs> I, 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 ironically, this will be like our shortest episode. <laughs> Next track, Big Blue. Go. Opinions. Not a bad song. I didn't care for it. I wrote, not a gold star, as Steve would say. Also, oh, I should have mentioned that this life does get a gold star. Big Blue does not. Um, you know, it's it's chill. Um, it has somewhat of a nice build, you know, as just sort of the same verses repeated four times or whatever, different, um, musical elements get, get added in, uh, layered in, but yeah, not my, not my favorite tune on the record. And as I'm listening to, I'm just like, like, how long is this song? (laughs) What's the point of getting clean? You wear the same old dirty jeans. What's the point I thought it was I wrote another it's good like it's a nice sounding song but it, I have no real epic things to say about it I on this one I really like the um, like the guitar riffs um, I guess in particular I guess throughout never mind I like the guitar riffs throughout a lot of cool funky stuff going on um you're so unbearably white. <laughs> when I first heard that, like that lyric, I was I listened to this album a lot passively over the last couple mm-hmm. days, just absorbing t- it. 
and then today was like I was like oh fuck I gotta like actually sit down and like think and write down something and this but I remember just driving and then I just hear it's like so unbearably white and I was like huh how very funny and I do like I read on the old genius that they're like kind of playing on that you know that image that people had of them just being like they're very milk toast white people making this music mm-hmm. but it's realistic the song itself is about a relationship yeah and i think there's some interesting like interesting um comparisons being drawn between different unbearably white things like the top of a mountain a blank page and what you know kind of working using those in different ways and what they mean very um, very mark twain <laughs> very mark twain um one thing musically i liked in this so after the first verse there's sort of like the the string section underneath kind of building up um and like, <laughs> very good that is exactly yeah. how strings sound <laughs> anyway but it, as it builds up um like going into the second verse there's like that really nice like orchestra hit orchestral hit like that um, it reminded me of that yes song owner of a lonely heart i don't know if you know that song oh yeah everyone knows that song right yeah so like, yeah it's yeah psh. speaking of white people music <laughs> speaking of unbearably white rich man the numbers song I thought, because <laughs> um, apparently Genius again told me that this was a guitar sample, so I thought it was a nice use of a guitar sample. Um, also, because it kind of sounds right, like it sounds like that old, older recording kind of style, mm-hmm. and I really liked that. And you know, it's just a nice way of writing lyrics about being like a privileged person (laughs) yeah i think i read part of an interview with with ezra on this song and i think he specifically said like it's it's supposed to be like the the idea behind it was like how everyone kind of knows that like wealth and power corrupt right but like on this on the other hand like everyone also thinks like well it won't happen to me like i'm the one person that like can handle it and like won't you know won't fuck up um and so this song just kind of plays on that, like all these increasingly um, narrow odds of the various things. But I'm the one; like I got it. <laughs> it's fine. And I, re- just... I really liked in this one the um, like the the string interludes, like between the verses. Yeah, yeah. It sounds. Uh... No, I was thinking of something else. Sorry. Uh, I was thinking of the. Uh, it sounded like a pizzicato cello, but that was in how long? Yeah. Rich Man was nice. That was nice. Yeah, nice little nice little jam. Agreed. Made me not made me not want to get married in a gold rush. I thought you might learn the language. I thought you might learn to sing. I don't like the song. I don't. I wrote weirdly country. <laughs> it it is very country. Um there's there's i think they rely too heavily on the like the lyrical metaphor storytelling just like the metaphor of the gold rush like they say the phrase gold rush or the word gold like probably 20 times more than they needed to or than they ought to 
um, it's kind of overdone for me. I'm glad that we're in the yeah. last. The last <laughs> line I wrote on this was, "Don't really care for it." Yeah, there there was a couple redeeming qualities for me. So I do like the just the couple bars going into the hook of the the. I don't want to hear the rumors. Please don't say it loud. I just want to go out tonight and make my baby proud. Like not the lyrics, but just like just the feel of that part, the way it's delivered. Um, and also, I wrote down that like the bridge almost has like a ska reggae feel like the guitar is kind of doing like upstrokes which you know i'm a fan of that and it was kind of cool <laughs> i don't know if you know that but i i kind of i'm kind of into that <laughs> i feel that uh sorry andy I, my bad my mistake i liked the piano up top i dug it and I liked the post-chorus lick with the sax and strings. Yeah, that part is nice. Um, the lyrics were interesting when I read them, but, you know, I didn't, like... Because apparently it was about... It's about thinking... Because it starts... It's like talking about a refugee, right? More or less. That is what Genius said, you know. It's, and then you think that you're leaving this awful situation... And people will treat you well, but then you left this awful situation to be treated like not a human. And I was just like, I was like, man, Ezra, did you would really hate how things are in 2021. I was going to say, like, is that, is that supposed to be like relevant to something? I, I don't I don't quite <laughs> get it. Um, Yeah, I think this one's like it's a nice chill, nice chill vibe got some ambient sounds going on i like the the finger style guitar in like the second half of the track very nice feel but yeah this one you know i mean i don't think it's intended to but it doesn't really get me amped up and going you know it just kind of it's just kind of there well as ezra has my sympathy (laughs) Do you like that Steve Steve Lacey little intro up top? Uh, what does he do up top? What does he say? Like, I worry too much or something? I don't know. Whatever he oh, says. Oh, I, t- I take my t- my, take myself too serious. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was him. Interesting. Genius lyrics. I. <laughs> I like you know, the. I, actually, uh, I only do my own lyrical analysis. I don't rely on other people on the internet. Oh well, that's stupid. If you would have gone to grad school, you would have learned. There's always someone else that did the work for you. Fair enough. <laughs> I thought this was a. This song grew on me. I originally was just like, yeah, whatever. But then I started digging it more the more I heard it. This is a gold star song for me. I like it a lot. Of course he would. Is it lyrically intriguing to you? No, I once um, I was like locking in on the groove, I was like, Steve's gonna like this one. This is a Steve song. Um I there there is some lyrical stuff I like. I think Do you that's... like how it's about Islamophobia, <laughs> apparently? I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean I, I saw that on Genius that people think that. I don't know if that's like one hundred percent accurate but there is the line you know judeo-christianity i never heard the words enemies for centuries until there was a third um if nothing else i think you know that is sort of just criticizing you know 
a certain group of people that talk about how important it is to have these Judeo-Christian values. And it's like, like, like what, where's this coming from? What the hell? (laughs) You people spend, like it says, centuries, like trying to run us out of town, kill us, et cetera. And like, now we're, now we're buds. What? Mm -hmm. Um, Just because, yeah, there's like a common enemy for us to um, hate on together. So yeah, there's some cool, some cool lyrics here. I like the line later in the song. Later in the song, "Desperate for an enemy, too afraid to kill, use the pain of someone else and triumph for their will, and spill the blood of the arrogant mosquitoes." <laughs> um, that's which, code for vampires. Arrogant mosquitoes. <laughs> um, on this one, just musically, it's it's so driving, so upbeat. Um. There's some nasty bass stuff going on. I told you, I told you, man. It was it's a Steve. It has all the makings of a Steve Goldstar song, <laughs> and and they just jam out in the end, like the like, sort of like last verse and like outro chorus. Like they're just like the drummer is just wailing on the crash cymbals. There's almost like a double bass like blast beat going <laughs> on. Yeah, uh, but like super slowed down. Yeah, Vampire Weekend's a death metal band now. Um. But yeah, I I enjoyed this song a lot. I, I watched a live performance of this that I'll send you. That's really good. And because when I listened to this, I was like, that, that bass tone sounds like an upright bass or some sort of acoustic bass. And <laughs> when they play it live, the the bassist is playing what looks like it looks like a ukulele. Like it's it's very small, but it, it's making a bass <laughs> sound. And I had never seen that before. And it, it's kind of funny to watch. Anyway, um, man, you are glowing. You kind of look like a sunflower. You've gone full jam band. <laughs> I know. Uh, I I do like that. It just my boy Steve Lacey. So if I'm not mistaken, he he only contributed vocals to this record. Is that right? I don't I don't know that he. I was kind of disappointed because I I kind of assumed that he was on guitar or bass on this song, but I don't think he's credited with it. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I just know that he sang, and he did the scat singing. <laughs> I found, I like, did you see, I saw this little blurb, and it was talking about, Ezra was like, it was so great to have Steve. He's such a great guitarist. It's really funny because he said that he, no, he thinks he's, like, one of the best guitarists, like, coming up right now. Mm-hmm. And he goes... Steve told us that A-Punk was the first song he taught himself, which is funny because he's such a better guitar player than me now. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, that'd be meet, wild. That'd be wild to meet, hear. Meet your heroes. Yeah, I mean... Well, but only if you're better than them. Right. Don't meet your heroes if you're requesting a song at a show and, and they disagree with... <laughs> oh, with that, that really hurt your soul. I'm still reeling from that. Um, but yeah, I think that for me, like this is this is not a gold star song. I think it's a very nice drum part, and I'm shocked you didn't think that. I thought for sure you would have. I, I think the like that da, 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 like that whole part is super cool. Um, but overall, I mean, I like the song. It's just not it's not one of my top ones on the album. This one has a very good live version on YouTube. I think it's from Austin City Limits. And I this, saw that one. Did you? It's like, is that like the 15 minute <laughs> rendition yeah. of this? That is insane. Yeah, that, that guitarist, is... and I'm going to look up his name and put him in show notes because um, he deserves 
all the, all the credit, but he is incredible. Um, anyway, what's the what's the opposite of a sunflower? This song, I I think I mean I liked a lot of these like you know some things prior, but this is my first legit gold star. Oh really? This song is beautiful. It it is. This is not a gold star for me. Sell me yeah, on it. What's the? Because you just need a really refined musical palette. <laughs> the, like you're laughing like you're joking, but I know you mean that. Half-heartedly. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Um, just there's some tight, like the the tight harmonies, singers harmonizing. Um, you, I you thought like it was those, really nice. You like those process vokes? I did, and usually I'm not super in to the processed harmony kind of bullshit, but for some reason I really dug it on this track. And then, you know, and I, I like the nice little groove, but basically just that opening, and then, you know, it comes again at the end. I just really like how it sounds, the voicings they chose to use, and then uh, Steve Lacey on the chorus out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just... It's groovy and it's hip. I love it. Can't argue with that. It's very groovy. It's very hip. All right. <laughs> I, I, it looked like we were both just trying to think of a segue. This one seems like it should be like a, an easy one. Oh, 21? Because it's the next song. Um, oh, technically. 2021. It's a matter of. Um, I wrote, eh, okay. <laughs> eh, that's all you got, that's all you got. Which is funny because isn't this is, it's one of the singles off the album or something? I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't get it. Gold Sour for me. I like it a lot. Sell me on it. Why? I don't know that I can sell you on it. I, I like the overall feel of it. Um, I like the... I just like someone yelling, boy, boy. <laughs> One really cute anecdote on that is um, <clears throat> my little kiddo, three years old. He knows this song and he'll sing like just that part along with it in the car. Just the boy part. It's very, very cute. Um, I like the, just the vocal delivery on this one. I like the overall feel of it. I think it's got a kick-ass guitar. Uh, I, oh, no, what's the word? A sweet dick guitar solo. Um, I also like in the vocal delivery when he's like, just like when he drops the, <laughs> it's just so out of character. It gets me every time. Stop being so stranger. <laughs> no, we are ta- we belong together. You can't skip songs. Oh, sorry. We belong together. Bowls and plates, days and days. We stay in that like these old states. How we go together. Clearly Vampire Weekend, but that country influence. Mostly in like just vibe. It yeah. wasn't but Eh, yeah. I'm a fan of this one. I like the um I just like the overall guitar riff. Rough riff, rough. Um, it's a very little nice, guitar riff. <laughs> very nice duet. I like the back and forth. I like the lines they sing together. Very catchy to me. Um, and I like the overall sort of conceit of the song. You know, we list all these reasons that we that we belong together, and then 
no use in being clever. It doesn't mean we'll stay together. <laughs> I kind of like that bit of cynicism added at the end. Um, and I really like, if you're listening to it now, in like the intro, what is playing that lead line? Is that just a guitar with some sort of effects on it? It sounds more percussive to me. It sounds like a 12-string guitar. Is that what it is? Okay. That would be my professional <laughs> drum opinion. <laughs> um, howdy, stranger. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. The next song on this record, track 16, is called Stranger. I wrote, good song. Tad long, in my opinion. Because, it, you know, it is what it is. It gives up the goat. You know, it's like after a minute you've experienced everything the song has to offer and I'll give it like another minute, you know, repeat everything, but it's four minutes long. I could get on board with that. This one did still get a gold star for me, as did the previous two, if I didn't say that. So this is a a pretty strong run on the album for me. I really like what I think are or is um, saxophone or saxophones throughout this song, like under the verses. And one of my favorite moments of the record, there is a stanky ass saxophone hit in the beginning of the second verse that I love. It is stanky. That that's got to be my favorite moment of the album. I just love the way that comes in and and that um that particular stanky sax hit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the song. It's very catchy. One thing that I think is funny, and I like, I don't know how much of a reach this is, but there's a couple, <laughs> a couple points in the song where he says like "get low," <laughs> and some someone on Genius Lyrics thinks that's a little John reference, which like it might be only because on one of their songs on the first album they heavily reference that song and Little John, <laughs> but I like that cracks me up. Like, what? Why? I don't know. <laughs> You're literally cracked up. I don't like the idea of I don't know. I'm I'm imagining someone sitting on genius lyrics, like just really sitting there with these lyrics thinking about it, like, oh he said get low. <gasps> but <Ba-da-dum>, dum 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 <laughs> um, Jesus. Hey. Hey, Andy, what's up? You know what's up top, like on the mm. top of a mountain? Some spring snow. Spring snow. This would be my second gold star. Oh, really? And This song is amazing. It reminds me, it's beautiful. Literally, that's what I wrote. I wrote amazing, beautiful. And it reminded me of like a Cuban dance-on, mm. like kind of vibe. So if uh, Bonjour. listeners... You Google uh, dance songs. They're they're that they're like that slow. They're just it's dance music of Cuba, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. And you have like like Afro Cuban Latin percussiony sounding shit going on. It's I, it's I don't know what to tell you. It's just a gorgeous song. You're such a dork. No. I... <laughs> Because I have this amazing taste in music. This is, it's funny how like we both overall seem positive on the album, but the songs that we really like, like don't align at all. 
Um, this is probably one of my least favorite on the album, and like I don't I don't actively dislike it. I just kind of forget about it. It doesn't do a lot for me. Um, but I'm glad that it brings you joy. It has just this like like during the verses, it has just this little just switching every like three notes and it's just like this nice little held tone that then just changes for one note and then goes back and it's just this subtle little beautiful sound uh what are your thoughts on like the um auto-tune vocal melody that's used like in the intro and i think later on the song too the the oohs and ahs i love it yeah I, just, I I don't not love it. I don't I don't dislike it. I think for the instance in which it is used, it is delightfully ridiculous, and I love it. Yeah, auto tune definitely got or gets a bad rap. Like it can be used very tastefully, very artfully. You can, you can use it tastefully. You can also use it ridiculously, but it has to be a very specific, like not an overdone way. You know. You have to be, it's like, you're aware you're using auto-tune, just commit to it. Yeah, lean into it. (laughs) Um, Nice. Well, man, I've got one track left, and there's no way I can find a suitable segue into it, so track number 18 of 18, Jerusalem, New York, Berlin. Just think what could have been. This is a song that I was like, okay, like musically it's, it's fine. You know, I just, it's a slow closer and I didn't really care for it. And then I read like the genius lyrics and how it's, again, all of this is with a grain of salt. Is it correct? Who fucking knows? But, you know, saying this was him talking about like Jerusalem, you know, like these different like parts of like the Ashkenazi Jewish diaspora, right? You have Jerusalem, which are the Zion, the Zionists, or like they've returned home. You have Yeah, or or even just Jerusalem just representing like the history. Of and the then people. you have New and you have New York, which is just like the de facto hub of the diaspora. Um what this is what Genius said, this isn't me. <laughs> and then Berlin to remind us of the shit that went down. And after reading this explanation of the lyrics, I'm like, I feel a little, I feel a little bad for just shitting on this now, because <laughs> it's you know, has you like this is a very personal connection song for Ezra, <laughs> and yeah. I'm just sitting here like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, I've always liked this song just for like the, the vibe. It's kind of like a, um, somber, you know, slow tune, um. But I think I really like the like the bass or synth that is serving as the bass line and just like the and the piano part, just the overall vibe of the song. Um very good vocal delivery, good harmon harmonization with Daniel Hyam again. Um and like yeah, it was always obvious to me from the start that like this was a song about some shit. I never like dug into it too much until recently. Um I really like the line and in any context not just in like the context of 
you know, uh, Jewish heritage, but oh, wicked world, just think what could have been. Like, I think about that all the time since kind of reading the lyric, like, <laughs> man, think where we could be. Things could be so much better, just like in general. Just, yeah, I was like, in what context? It's just like just, any any context, yeah, Andy. Like, yeah, just like think think where we could be right now. 2021, man. <sighs> yeah, I don't want to opine too much on like specific um, messages of this song because I really am not in a position to do that. But I'll let someone else do it for me. Um, I'm going to read a bit from an article I found about this. And it's funny because I was doing some research and like, any like people with any political view will just latch onto something and be like, Oh yeah, like this artist agrees with me. So it's sort of funny. So of course I picked an article from um, jewishcurrents.org, which is like a leftist Jewish um, publication. Cause like, you know, I, d- I don't want my personal politics to be challenged at all in the media I consume. So I go for the leftists. Um, so here's what they had to say. This is from an essay by Sophia Steiner Evoy. Um, and this is in regards to watching a live performance of this song. Uh, quote, I was watching two Jewish American millennials sing about the crisis of Jewish identity created by the state of Israel on a nationally syndicated television show. But in its subtlety, the performance doesn't make a statement so much as it opens a line of questioning, starting with what could have been and leading perhaps to how do we move forward? Nice. All right. Well, we... I don't think this episode is even going to be terribly long. Wow. But we, have, we, 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 got... we should have done the three extra Japanese bonus tracks. Featuring Jude Law. Jude Law? I, think, I actually vocals. really did like that one because it was just a piano thing that for no reason reminded me of Chopin. And it was just hmm. him reciting a poem. I have not listened to any of the bonus tracks, actually. I'll have to do Listen that. to the Jude Law one because it's him reading a poem. And then at one point he talks about a storm. And then you hear thunder and storms. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> I thought of you the whole time. <laughs> All right. Well, Andy, I think we've reached the point in the show where we rate the album. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Um, I will go with... I was supposed to have this sorted beforehand, huh? You need me to go first? No, I'm going to go first. I'm just doing some maths here. You, did you make a formula for your ratings? No, 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 no. Yeah, how many gold stars are there? And then, um, no, I'm going to give it four flower moons out of five flower moons. Um, for the reasons previously stated. <laughs> I don't need to rehash it. Nice. How about you, Andy? Well, Give I was assign an arbitrary numerical value to how much you like yeah, this album. Yeah, I was going to say four, but I feel you objectively like this album more than me, so I have to say 3.9 flower moons. We're on a 10-point scale. We don't get that granular. You got a round. We can both be four. It's okay. It's okay if I'm right. No, it's a 3.9. I want you to know that. Are we... You could, okay. Are we introducing no, no. Like when you a, when you fifty points when you enter this in the spreadsheet and it rounds <laughs> up to four, just know that you note. entered three point nine. But um, yeah, maybe I'll fine. I'll enter it as three point nine in the spreadsheet, but the formatting will be to round up to the nearest whole number. Okay. No, I'll I'll yeah, give it a four. <laughs> See, but this whole bit that we just did, part of me believes that there's actually a spreadsheet you're keeping where you are keeping the ratings. 
there is. It's the history spreadsheet. I hate you so much. You knew you knew this existed. I don't think I did. I'm going to send it to you right now. We've talked about this. It's in show notes. You're supposed to look at show notes. <laughs> I never have. <laughs> You've never looked at show notes? No, man. Why would I do that? That's for the listeners. <laughs> but I work really hard at it. Open the, the Google Doc I just sent you. Oh, God damn it. You're keeping this in. Yeah, well, maybe it's post-show content. I can't believe you've never... I've told you about this. I can't believe that you've never looked at it. Oh, God. Oh, my God. (laughs) What? I hate this so much. Why? It's just so you, and I don't appreciate it. Official up next rating. I hate this so much. Why? I mean, I love it. Listeners, look look at the show notes, because he works too hard. <laughs> um, I was going to say this is our first unanimous album, but that's not true. We've had Igor and Skeleton Coast who both gave fours. Anyway, um, all right, so we both gave this four flower moons. Um, <laughs> so mad. Why? I'm just, why? No, continue. You're my best friend. And I love you. No, um, as established on your other podcast, um, friggin' We Die First, um, I am your best friend from undergrad. <laughs> There's that caveat. Oh, yeah. No, I say it so people know how long we've been friends. I, I, uh, I appreciate that. Okay, so- speaking of, did I, did I tell you that, speaking of show notes, um, every episode until the last one had a link to the wrong, the wrong We Die First. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't check out the show notes. It was an honest mistake. I didn't know there was I didn't know there was another show with the same name. Um anyway, well we've got a lot of extra content to cut out. We're going long. Mm. Andy, it is the time in the podcast where you assign me homework. Psych. Yeah, spoiler alert. Not only does Steven give 18 track albums, he then fucking steals his co-host's pick. No, I would say I made a suggestion that you agreed to. It's still your episode, so you can over you oh, can no, choose no. whatever you want. You, you, this is going to be the Steve show twice in the row. <laughs> I mean, whatever you can have next. You can have the next one. Then we can. You can start having odd episodes. Whatever. If you're going to be so butthurt about it, <laughs> leave my butt out of this. Um. Andy, why don't you tell the listeners what we are listening to for for next episode? We're listening to some fucking sincere engineer, uh, right? <laughs> yes, that is the plan. So they have an album coming out on September 10th of this year called Bless My Psyche. Since our next episode is scheduled for September 15th, I thought it'd be fun to coordinate our episode with the release of this hotly anticipated album by a band that andy and i both like i could not be more excited i can't tell if you're kidding i'm not not kidding i love sincere engineer i love sincere engineer and i love you Mm. have you checked out any of the um tracks from the album that have been released already i have not did you check out the one i texted you the other day i have not (laughs) (laughs) cool um, all right, well, Andy, um, beginning on September 10th, listen to Bless My Psyche by Sincere Engineer. 
I will also do that thing. Listeners, you must also do that thing. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll just get back together and talk about it. That sounds fun. I can't wait. All right, before we wrap up, um, everyone, don't be like Andy. Look at show notes to find Andy's things. We'll have his social medias, his other podcasts. You should listen to We Die First and, excuse me, I have a, have a master's. You should hire Andy to teach you how to hit objects with other objects in a rhythmic fashion. Um, yeah, anything else, Andy? I think you've covered it. Uh, as as are your show notes, your explanations are very thorough, and mm. I love. I can't wait to read them in earnest from here on out. <laughs> I don't believe you. That's fine though. Um, well, Andy, that feels like an episode of a podcast, mm. and I, that is the traditional closing. Are we done here? We're done. Okay. Bye, Andy. Goodbye, Steve. Goodbye, listeners. We love you. Each of you, personally. I'm scrubbing. I'm trying to find the spot.